Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Well, Christmas shopping season is upon us, and this is the day that officially kicks it off in the United States anyway. And, of course, it's now bled into Canada. It's called Black Friday. You've heard of it, right? And uh, people are going crazy and have for quite some time right now. Uh, how busy are the shops? Uh, well, it's it's interesting. Uh, the person we're going to bring on here, Bruce, is, uh, was at Best Buy last uh, bright and early, to, and uh, the, we've seen these lineups, of course, in, on the, the television news, you know, about the door crasher specials and all this sort of thing. Uh, and I don't know if it's getting any easier or if it's going crazy with these days. Uh, Bruce Winder is a retail expert, speaker, and consultant, uh, professor, and entrepreneur, and an avid shopper, obviously, too. Bruce, first of all, thanks for joining us on a busy Black Friday. Good to have you with us today. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, we can get into the history of this and the phenomenon in a second, but let's talk about the here and now for just a couple of seconds. Uh, I've, I've been around long enough to remember when this was a, a strictly U.S. phenomena, because uh, this being, of course, the day after the American Thanksgiving. Uh, at right. what at what point did this 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 craziness spread onto this side of the border? Because it's just as rampant here as it is down there now. Yeah, you know what? This happened, uh, call it around 2010, okay. 2009, 2010. And the reason why it really got big in Canada is because at that time, um, the Canadian dollar was pretty much on par with the U.S. greenback. And as you know, that's pretty rare. That only happened, you know, before since the early 70s. So suddenly all the retailers in Canada were witnessing their shoppers going to the U.S. to buy even more stuff for Black Friday. So they got together and they said, you know what, no way. We're going to start doing our own uh, holiday here called Black Friday, and so it was kind of born in and around that 2010 frame in Canada. And even though the currency is back to where it normally is, you see, you know, a huge amount of folks here uh, shopping, and that's really how it sort of morphed into a holiday that's really bigger now than than Boxing Day. From a retail stance, uh, these numbers I I found astounding, actually, Bruce, uh, because everybody thinks, okay, Boxing Day sales, everybody crowds to the malls, and and I've been involved in that in the past years. But uh, the numbers that that I'm seeing here indicate that Black Friday now supersedes Boxing Day by a pretty significant amount. It does. I mean, Black Friday probably surpassed Boxing Day a couple years ago in terms of the volume, and it's really the the main shopping holiday now. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, and one thing to keep in mind here, which is, which is interesting, is um, in Canada uh, and the U.S., um, it's gone from being sort of Black Friday or Boxing Day in Canada to, you know, Black Friday week or pre-Black Friday, or some people, someone even coined the phrase Black November, because <laughs> we just have sales all month. Um, in addition, uh, Boxing Day used to be, you know, Boxing Day, now it's Boxing Week. And Boxing Week starts even before Christmas, the 25th of December. So these holidays have sort of been spread out now. And, you know, a whole bunch of stuff is happening online. A whole bunch of stuff is happening in store. So the days themselves are still very important, but less important than they were uh, years ago. Let's let's talk about the online impact on this, because because we remember, as as I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, some of these you know these door crasher specials, and people people would line up all night back in those days, Bruce. You know, to wait until Walmart or Target or whomever it was, Kmart, I guess, even back in those days, would open sure. their doors, and and you know, they'd be, they'd, sadly there'd be tragedies in some situations because of the the stampede that would be going on. Has has, right. has, has online shopping done anything to curtail those numbers? Well, it has. I mean, you still see, sadly, you still see tragedies, and I'm sure, unfortunately, we're going to hear about some today overall in the world, but 
certainly it has. I mean, more and more is being bought online. I mean, if you look at a lot of the retailers, they start their online sales, even for some Black Friday stuff, 9 o'clock on the Thursday night. So a lot of people say, hey, you know what, it's a lot easier just to start it at 9 o'clock the night before or midnight the night before in my jammies, order what I want, pick it up at the store, or have it delivered, go back to bed and sleep in on Friday morning. So it absolutely has impacted the traffic you see in stores. All right, let's let's talk about the the, the fiscal realities here. Uh, one of the, there's always what they call in the business lost leaders, and and that would be the thing that would start to cause a lot of these these big lineups. Say, you know, if starting at one o'clock in the morning and a store doesn't open until seven or eight, but they'd still be there to line up uh, because they'd right. advertise things like you know a forty inch uh, TV for fifteen dollars or something like that, and and, and, and <laughs> yeah. you know they'd be insane stuff like that, and uh, and right. th- that that would be the attraction to this thing. But I mean, that, that didn't mean that every forty inch TV in the store was going to go for fifteen dollars. I mean, uh, th- there's usually it's pretty selective. Uh, they used to get the crowds in there. I, do are we really saving a ton of money as as as, as advertised when these things roll around? Yeah, it's a great question, and um, you're very astute to sort of cite this because what happens is retailers will take select items, and we're talking per day. They might take just one or two and put them out on a loss, i.e., below their cost. Everything else, they're making either a little bit of money on or a little more money on, and hoping to blend the margin. And that's some of the challenges, though, because if people come in and what we call cherry pick and only buy the item that they're losing money on, defeats the whole purpose of this, right? So what retailers are hoping is that when you're in buying that TV, you'll buy some other stuff, throw it in your basket where they make at least some money so that when you balance out the whole purchase, they're, they're in the black, they're making money. Well, and we've seen this, and it's really just, I, I guess, a, uh, an expansion of, well, I guess, the, you know, this is marketing 101, isn't it? Retail 101. I mean, when back in my day when I was still going to college, I mean, you know, I worked in the grocery store part-time, and, and you, do, you do the price changes on Monday, and, and uh, I'm, I don't think I'm letting any state secrets out here, Bruce. I mean, the fact <laughs> of the matter is, if we were dropping the cost of butter, uh, you know, and people say, wow, what a deal, uh, we were raising the cost of something else in the dairy aisle, too, so, I mean, this because the store's got to make money. Uh, so exactly, but once you go there to buy the discount butter, you're going to say, "Oh, the guy, oh, that guy, that's gone up in price." You're going to buy it anyway if you want it. So it, it, it's it's not as if these guys are going to lose their shirts in this endeavor. No, the other thing they do too, which uh, I remember doing when I was a buyer in the chair on the other side, is you actually work with suppliers a year in advance and you engineer deals. Oh. So what I mean by that is you design the product from the ground up, you book it a year in advance with huge volumes. The factory runs one whole line at once. And next thing you know, on these crazy deals, you're actually making a buck or two on it. So even for those, they're making a buck or two. One of the challenges we have with what you just said, though, about raising the prices, because that absolutely happens, is with the Internet now, consumers are more aware. Consumers can shop in the aisle with their mobile phone, and it's harder for retailers to take that extra margin now like they used to before, before the Internet was ubiquitous. Well, and people are more discerning because of that, right? I mean, if they see uh, that the price on uh, item B here that they wanted is, is going to be $10 cheaper at the next store, they'll actually say, okay, I'm going to the next store. I'll buy this here, but I'm, I'm going to get that item over there because it's, it's a cheaper deal. A hundred percent. I mean, it's a lot harder now. Uh, you know, society is a lot tougher. There's more people living sort of at the margin, and they have to watch every single dollar and they will. They will drive around a little bit or shop around and hit a few stores to get that savings. Bruce, for the big guys, you know, and we just talked about some of the mega department stores, and although there are fewer of those every year but even than there were last year now, 
But what does yeah. uh, what does Black Friday, the phenomena of Black Friday, do to small businesses who, who in a lot of cases, I mean, if it could be a mom and pop operation or maybe somebody with maybe just one or two stores as opposed to forty. Uh, there's got to be an awful lot of pressure on them to compete. Yeah, I think they get lost in the lost in the in the traffic a little bit because when people think Black Friday, they think about the big chains because the big chains have have the ability to do what I mentioned before, engineer those items, right? If you're a small independent, you don't have the volume to go out to a factory and engineer an item, you know, and buy 10,000 at once. So you're kind of getting pressure from your customers saying, hey, where's my Black Friday deal? Mm -hmm. And you may not have anything to offer, or if you do, you're actually losing money on it and hoping that you can blend it by having them in the store. So Black Friday can be good for some small businesses, but I would suggest it's probably more of a challenge than it is a benefit for many of them. Which I guess takes us full circle here to the the reason why it's actually called Black Friday. And if, if I remember the, the, the lore from this, uh, Bruce, it really uh, was born of the idea that this one day, this shopping day, the day after Thanksgiving in the United States, uh, was an opportunity for retailers to be in the black uh, at the end of the Christmas season. Exactly. Because oftentimes exactly. th- there would be ebbs and flows, you know, depending on the economy and things like this. But the, the deals would be so outstanding, or at least perceived to be so outstanding, that people would just flock to the stores and, and the, these retailers were going to be in the black as opposed to using the red ink. And, and that's that's where the name came from. Is, is it still thus? Is it still something that they count on for that kind of a, a bump? No, I would suggest not. I mean, in some cases, yes, but overall, no. You know, a retailer can't put all of its eggs in one basket now because it's so competitive. So, you know, that was back in the day when there was less competition, there was no internet, and prices just weren't as sensitive, right, and competitive. So it's very different now. If you're a retailer, you have to hunt every day. And yeah, there's certain periods like the fourth quarter for many retailers are where they make an extraordinary amount of profit. Some don't make profit in Q1, quarter one. But yeah, definitely you have to think beyond just this day now if you're a retailer because the market is just so different. Consumers are shopping differently. There's so much competition. Um, you can't you can't rely just on this one event, and and it's expanded. I mean, the the name has anyway. I mean, you know, the, as you say, in the initial days, it was okay. Maybe I can get an appliance, a radio, back when the or a, a television set, or maybe clothing or something like that. But now, I mean, car dealerships are participating participating in Black Friday. Furniture stores are doing it. It's just throw Absolutely. that throw that name on there, and it, it's an excuse to say there's a sale going on. And that's what people are doing. I mean, you see DNA kits for sale. I've even heard, you know, on, on one of the social social media sites, someone said that even a landlord was trying to rent, you know, a space, and they had a Black Friday sale on their rent price to get. So, I mean, everyone and their uncle is absolutely jumping on this event. And in some cases, it's rather silly, um, but in some cases, it's still a, a fun time to go out and, and shop and pick through some, some items. You mentioned you were at Best Buy earlier. What was the crowd like there? It was actually pretty pretty soft. I go to the same Best Buy every year, sort of like Groundhog's Day. Oh, yeah. And it's my version of sort of getting a feel, an early feel for the vibe of what's happening. And the lineup was shorter this year than it was last year. And it wasn't very long, maybe, when the store opened at 6. It might have been 10 or 15 people long. And when you get in, the biggest surprise for me was that really almost no one went out and bought a TV. So normally when, when the door opens, everyone runs to the TV aisle and they buy a whole bunch of TVs, and that whole stack out is gone within a few minutes. In this case, really, almost no one was buying TVs. They were scattered around the store looking for certain things. But there was lots of inventory of TVs, so that was a big disconnect for me. You know, I talked to someone anecdotally, and they said, well, you know what? Hey, a lot of young people now don't even buy TVs. They use their laptop, and they watch Netflix and other things on their laptop. So you could see 
sort of a bit of a, a slowing of the of the TV market. Having said that, that's one store in one place at one location. So you know what? It, but it's just it's an interesting little anomaly to uh, to have some debate about. Well, you see, and and I'm different in that regard. I mean, whether I go into a Best Buy or a Costco, I, I, I got to tell you, like like a, a moth to the flame, I, I go right to the TV section each and every time I'm sure. in the store. Much to the chagrin of my wife, by the way, she said, we don't need another sure. TV. But I, I exactly, probably, I probably, exactly. I, I would have walked out with one today, Bruce, if I'd been in there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just simply because you know, figure, hey, I'm going to get a deal. I got, you know, I'll probably stack them up in the bedroom because there isn't enough room for them in the house. But but you, it, the perception that it's there it oftentimes makes you get the the, the you know the, the the Visa card out and say, okay, I, I don't really need this. But boy, what a price! Yeah, and that's what happens sometimes, and that's what retailers want is you want to say, you know what, it's too good to turn down. And hey, I'll grab another one for the cottage or that extra yeah. room, and I'll have you know ten TVs in the house. But you know, it's just there's only so many TVs you need in Canada, right? And as people are sort of, uh, as millennials and eventually Gen Z demographic are living in condos, living downtown, hardly home, you know, there's going to be probably a little bit of a pressure on that traditional home TV market. Well, it's uh, going to be fascinating to see the numbers uh, at the end of the day here as to just what kind of a, a bump it had. I know that uh, there has been some talk, especially down in the States, uh, about a bit of a, a slowdown in the in the U.S. economy. And, and I know there's an awful lot of people yep. that are, are looking for this big bump, and maybe this is going to be the kickstart for it. Yeah, I think, I think the U.S. economy, uh, you know, it's sort of, there's a couple sides to it. You see the stock markets and things of that nature. So if you have a lot of money, you're, you're laughing in the U.S., but you know, people who are sort of the working poor and the middle class, if there's anything left, they're a little nervous because of all the trade wars and things that are happening right now. And, the, you know, the economy in the U.S., I think most people are saying there's a possibility of it slowing down quite a bit. In Canada, our economy is a little fragile, too. Um, you know, you just have to look regionally at what's happening out west and things like yeah. that, too, right? But our economy has a lot of uh, fragility to it, if you will, too. So people are always a little cautious. You know, you'll probably see retail sales up low single digit in Canada overall. But again, it's not just about this day. I use it as a groundhog day for fun. But, you know, it's more about when you, when you really have to look at the whole season and, and see when the dust settles where the numbers are. Well, and to your point, I mean, we were in Calgary last weekend for the Grey Cup festivities, and the department stores downtown had their Black Friday week-long sales already started. So, I mean, they're, they're trying to get in on the fun too, I guess. For sure, for sure. Everyone's trying to do that. They're trying to stretch it out and get sales all month to really make it, you know, the month of November as the event. Bruce, happy shopping. And listen, thanks so much for the time today. Really appreciate the uh, the conversation. No problem. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Take you care. too. Bruce Winder, of course, a retail expert and a professor and entrepreneur. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.